heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Life in America is about to change even more dramatically than any of us could envision, I believe. There are consequences, my friends, severe consequences for our lack of action uh, and uh, this, uh, the trajectory of our nation, the decisions that are being made. There's a price to pay for all of these things here. Uh, and, you know, I, I've been restless in past days and weeks a bit and have uh, at times just uh, have, a, have a sinking feeling, uh, sincerely, in my heart, in my soul. Uh, that we are in uh, dire straits, we're in trouble in our nation. It's just a, not a good feeling, and it's one that I, I share with you reluctantly, but I share it just the same here. Welcome into the broadcast. Welcome to the voice of a nation. It is Malcolm Out Loud here. A privilege to be with you, friends. And uh, so let me start off with the fact that just yesterday, uh, you know, I... I Woke up, I see the speech with uh, the FBI director, Christopher Ray. other things that are going on in the world. And then I share with my wife some heartfelt feelings about what has transpired. We had a very heartfelt conversation about some things. And, you know, when her, her eyes opened a little bit bigger as we were talking about some of the things that were transpiring in the world and how I felt at that moment. And I want to share some of that with you today. I believe this will be one of the most important broadcasts you've heard in in quite some time. Uh, we'll have some uh, some really terrific folks on, some experts on who can speak about these threats to our nation uh, in just moments here. But let me share with you first a couple of thoughts here I, I do want to uh, dive into here. So the FBI director, Christopher Ray, he go ahead and he paints a, a very stark picture here of, uh, and this this was a congressional hearing this week here that happened on Chinese hackers is his point, okay? He says that China is targeting critical infrastructure across the U.S. and that not enough attention is being paid to it. Uh, he announced that the FBI operation had disrupted uh, uh, hundreds uh, of uh, these uh, U.S.-based routers uh, that, that have been hijacked by these uh, state-sponsored Chinese, there's a hacker group, there's multiples of them, believe me, but this one's called Vault Typhoon, okay? And uh, so listen, listen. So he makes this big announcement, and I have to tell you, I, I, I've never, I'm not a big fan of the FBI director in full disclosure, and some of you know that out there, uh, or quite frankly, a lot of the upper echelon of the FBI I've not become a very big fan of in, in, in past times. But I recognize his body language. I recognize uh, his voice. I recognize his sincerity in the moment. I recognize, and, and let me just be clear with you when I say this thing, that I also recognize, and, and some of you may find this, uh, may find fault with this statement, but let me explain. I also recognize his love for America, all of these cats. 
and some of you would say, well, how could they when they're doing X, Y, and Z and they've done this and we know all that. And that's not what I want to talk about today. And I get all of that. However, uh, I, I, I believe that, uh, you know, things are very political, things are very polarized, and we've seen the distrust that has been put out with the Department of Justice. I get that. But at the end of the day, when push comes to shove, they still know there's only one United States of America. They may have a different way of getting there, friends, and they may have had some infiltration in their minds uh, in, in the political games that have been played, but by far and large, deep in their uh, crests of their soul, they still love their country. And I believe that, and I got that message from the FBI director and listening to him, and I knew there's no way he would expose himself in the way that he did. He had nothing to gain from it whatsoever. I mean, he had plenty to lose, and he put it all out there. He bared his soul, and he expressed, and if you listen to his words, you listen to the way he positions those words, you'll come away with the same feel that I do. If you can put your partisan politics aside, which I know some of you have a hard time doing, but if you'll do that a moment and forget the ideology and understand the moment of the day, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Okay, so now put all that aside just a moment, please, okay? Perhaps this explains, maybe, why we have a record number, historical record number of Chinese nationals coming across the border. And nobody knows why. Nobody has said why that is happening. Just that, and I've talked with the top expert, immigration experts in the nation, as you know, on my broadcast, the best of the best. Tom Homan's on here all the time. Mark Gregorian, Art Andrew, Todd Bensman. I mean, these are the best in class in immigration. And that we don't know why. Perhaps there's something to that, friends. Okay? They're not coming here for a Disney vacation. I got news for you. Put that aside now, okay? Now we have a record number of terrorists coming across the borders. We have, and the border is only one part of the equation, by the way, but it is, is, it is a part of this conversation. But, it, but we're not really talking border today, but I'm just pointing out the problems. You'll have Islamic jihadists. You'll have now, you'll have a, uh, we have a lot of enemies around the world. You see what's happened in the Middle East. You see what's happened in Ukraine and Russia. You see what's happening all over the world, right? Where they're chanting death to America, right? So now you've got, uh, you, you've got uh, the Islamic jihadists. You have uh, this movement that's happening and a record number of those that are in our nation, sleeper cells, this kind of a problem. Put that aside for a moment as well. Hard to put the stuff aside, but please follow me and do that as well, okay? Then you have the drug cartels. You have all the fentanyls, the, oh, the, the, the shameless, reckless deaths, the murders that are being done with their young people, not knowing what was going to happen when they thought they were doing something they, thought, they felt was innocent. Not so much when it's laced with fentanyl and they end up dead. And you end up with the sex trafficking and, and, and all of the human trafficking and all of this kind of evil that happens, okay? Now you see, with all of that's going, you see the caravans, you see the cartels, you see all of that, you see the sleeper cells, you see what's happening here. Okay, put that aside now, okay, please. And then you go ahead and you see the record number of migrants. What we still haven't fully embraced, we really don't know how many. We, we know, we roughly know, because we talk about it with the experts, but nobody, I mean, there's so many gotaways, and the numbers are escalated 
into the universe because there's so many we don't know, friends, right? But you look at all of that, what's happening to our country. That, that is all fuel to the fire of what could happen to our grid, what could happen to the cyber aspect of our nation with all of these enemies and the fact that we're being distracted. And then you see a lot of these migrants now that are starting to act out and act up. A lot of these are criminals, they're gangs. Some of the gangs are hired by the cartels. Some of them are just here to have a good time, uh, murder, rape, do these kinds of things they do in Venezuela and Colombia, Guatemala, et cetera, et cetera. That's normal way of life for a lot of these people in a third world country, isn't it now? Maybe we bit off a little more than we can chew right now, you think, huh? And now you see the migrants beating up the cops in New York, right? You see that happening. And again, no bail programs, corrupt DAs, all of that stuff, throw them back onto the street, not once, but twice. How about three times? Maybe even four times. They just keep criminalizing, 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 criminalizing. You see all that happen. They walk out, of course, they have both middle fingers up. They're telling America to bite my ass and a lot more than that, friends, that I can't project here. Hmm. So, and then you see stories like the migrants uh, taking presidents over the uh, the kids on our own school system because they don't even, they can't, there's, there's just not enough seats, not enough room, not enough anything. So the, the kids in the neighborhood are being bumped off and they're trying to put the migrants in there. Did anybody think this through? Put that all aside. So here, here's my, here's my uh, deal. Here, here's, here's my final deal that I want to share with you. Then I want to bring on some folks here and have a, a big conversation. So I'm, uh, I'm fearful. I am very fearful for what the future, for what our future looks like in our nation. We've seen, we, we've seen these uh, futuristic movies. We've all seen them. We see, we see what humanity can be like. We see the fight of good and evil. We see what takes place. We know it exists. It lurks. We understand that, right? But we also don't expect it to happen in our lifetimes, right? I mean, I didn't. I don't know about you, but I didn't. And yet, I'm afraid. Here's my fear. Let me just give it to you right now. Just from my heart. Just hear me. Listen to me, please. Here's my worst fear. My worst fear is we're going to wake up very soon one morning. And on that morning, friends, we're going to notice there's no electricity. Nothing comes on. It doesn't work. Whatever the conditions are, they are. But nothing turns on. And we don't know what's going on. We try to reach the power company. But the cell phones are off as well. Everything is off. We're sort of dazed, not quite sure what's going on. So then we walk outside. And we walk outside and we see a whole lot of neighbors walking outside. And we all look around at each other and we look up at the sky and we look at each other and wonder, what is going on? What's happening in America? And then the hours turn into days the days turn into weeks and answers are very far and few in between. Life starts to crumble. People get chaotic. Gangs begin to surface all over the streets of America. People starve. People are dying. Life is now hell on earth. 
That is my worst fear. A couple of folks joining me on the broadcast here. Let me just tell you first, the one that uh, has been with me many times, I love this guy, David Tice is here. David has a great, number one, he's a great... Uh, it's a great economic economic background. He's an economist. I always talk about that because he's got a lot of know-how that uh, that a lot of people don't have because of his background and his career, but uh, very well uh, positioned in that field. But, but he's gotten very passionate about what I just shared with you, I believe. And he did a documentary film. You might remember this. I've had him on a couple of times about it. Grid Down, Power Up. It was a magnificent, one of the best documentary films and my wife and I have watched it a couple of times to be sure. And it well plants the position of what this could be like, life here. And it talks about the threat store national, uh, our electric grid and what could happen. And uh, from foreign threats and so on and so forth. And that's only one part of it, people. There's the water structure. There's the all the utilities, the environment. It's everything you expect to happen and turn on. And it doesn't happen because our enemies now have seized control of it. That would be a good opportunity to bring you on another gentleman I want to tell you about. And that is first time I'm talking to him today in the broadcast. Jim Frelk joins us. And uh, Jim's got, let me tell you a little bit about Jim. He's got 30 years experience. Uh, he is a, a leader in a lot of these things, government, industry, uh, national security, uh, satellite, earth imaging, uh, cybersecurity. That's a big deal. That's what I'm anxious to talk about. Even artificial intelligence. We, we've been talking about that a lot in recent days, you know. So there's that part of the equation. Uh, Jim served as National Security Affairs Analyst in the U.S. House of Representatives uh, and uh, has worked, uh, let's see, and as NASA's Deputy Associate Administrator uh, for Program Analysis and Evaluation. Uh, serves now as Executive of Blue Ridge Networks, a cybersecurity company. Um, so you guys, I could go on and on. But anyway, Jim, David, both of you, welcome to the broadcast. Uh, let me get you both to... Uh, uh, unmute and connect right now with us so we can see you both and just connect in and be comfortable with the call here. And uh, let's dive into it now and have an open conversation about this. Uh, what I want to play first, gentlemen, is I want to play an excerpt. And I'm going to have you both then give your opening remarks, but I want to play for a minute. Just a, It's only a minute, so just bear with me. I want you to hear from Christopher Ray, and I want to hear this opening sequence where he talks at the hearing because this really is something else, what he says here. Uh, listen in at the congressional hearing this week of FBI Director Christopher Ray just now here. The CCP's dangerous actions, China's multi-pronged assault on our national and economic security make it the defining threat of our generation. Now, when I described the CCP as a threat to American safety a moment ago, I meant that quite literally. There has been far too little public focus on the fact that PRC hackers are targeting our critical infrastructure, our water treatment plants, our electrical grid, our oil and natural gas pipelines, our transportation systems, and the risk that poses to every American requires our attention now. China's hackers are positioning on American infrastructure in preparation to wreak havoc and cause real-world harm to American citizens and communities if and when China decides the time has come to strike. Okay, so 
here, there. That's FBI Director Christopher Ray. Passionate opening uh, to his congressional hearing. I want to go to Jim first. I've never spoke to you, Jim, on air, and we just met here moments ago. Here, you hear the FBI Director there, knowing what you know in your background and cybersecurity and all. Uh, let me give you the floor for a couple of moments and tell listeners why this is important and what the real threat is, please, from this. Sure. Thank you for having me. First of all, I appreciate being uh, able to talk with you guys today. Yeah, I would say that the, the Chinese have been playing a long game at this. It's not a new threat. They've prepositioned uh, a lot of the threats that we're facing today that are coming to light for some time. As an example, uh, we know that there's at least 400 transformers on our grid uh, that have Chinese equipment in there. We also know that they uh, at times put kill switches in those transformers. Right. And so all they have to do is basically execute a, a, a cyber attack against uh, those systems associated with managing those transformers. And you can do a lot of damage in, and really taking out power for many, many people, particularly you can imagine in the middle of the winter what that would mean. Right. You wouldn't even be able to fill your, 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 your tank of gas because, well, electricity operates the gas station pump to pump it out into your into your tank. Grocery stores would not be able to cool and preserve food. Right. Be no heat in your in your home, because a lot of times you're dependent upon electricity for managing your, your heating and, and cooling systems. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it, it will and it could kill many, many people because it would be an extended period of time before you could replace those transformers um, and, and get power back up and going. Right. It, right. You know, transformers normally take, you know, anywhere from three to six years to build. We don't have a large surplus of transformers that we can just readily replace uh, the ones that would be damaged by these activities. Right. Those threats are also physical threats, not just cybersecurity threats. Right. Right. right? Folks could simply uh, pull out uh, sleeper cells, pull out guns, and, and shoot up transformers and cause significant problems. And we also know that, that wastewater treatment uh, facilities are, are being targeted, and that's, that's really insidious because it affects our water supply. Human beings cannot survive without water very long. And uh, if you're able to uh, effectively uh, damage the water supply system in a major way, it causes problems. You know, recently the Iranians uh, themselves over, over uh, uh, what was happening in the Middle East uh, hit some of water treatment plants in Pennsylvania across a few states. And it was announced by, by NSA and, and, and CISA, by the federal agencies, that they had been hit by a cyber attack. Well, those are pre-positioned components that they activated the cyber attack through. Uh, so this is a, a real threat. It's been a threat that's been around and been building and been a thought process by adversaries for quite some time, right? Okay. And uh, it's something right. we really need to address right. if we're to protect ourselves going forward. Right. Well, we're going to talk about government response. We're going to talk about some other things, uh, what we can do if we're doing enough or not. We'll get to all of that in moments, Jim, here. David, I want to ask you for open remarks, but one thing I want to say to you now, uh, I know you are one of the most honorable people that I really do know because you you always, you never compromise the truth. And I know you always, and I really mean this because I talk to you enough now to know how you are and you always bring that truth to the conversation. So let me ask you this, please. The open remarks I just had, uh, prior to just Jim starting to talk there, I mean, I, I laid out a pretty, pretty harsh scenario that I, I don't enjoy at all because I don't I don't uh, aggrandize. I don't I don't, you know, get on there and, and uh, 
and try to build this thing up to something it's not. So tell me, was I was I in the park anywhere? Was I accurate? Was I inaccurate? What is your feelings about the current state sincerely and what I said up front in the broadcast, please? No, I'm on board 100% with it, with what you said, Malcolm. I mean, I am scared to death, frankly, because timing-wise, I mean, I tend to be a bear, and I tend to be early. I tend to be right in my financial market prognostications. I watched geopolitics for a while. I've been nervous about timing and the bad guys coming after us. But you, you mentioned the fact about cold weather. I mean, here we are starting February, and I'm worried that uh, I'm expecting something to come at us in 2024 before this election. And therefore, I hope we get through February because February is notoriously the coldest month of the year across the country. If we get through February, I'm going to feel better about not as much depth, you know, coming if the heat uh, goes off. Yeah. And that, uh, but I'm very, very nervous. Yeah. And, David, I think uh, you're saying, you, let me let me ask you something. I think you're saying what I've kind of expressed to listeners prior, and that is that I, I have a feeling it, it, that this next year before the before the election, and really before next January, when whoever takes office takes office, uh, and that we're at the most greatest, we're, we're very vulnerable right now. The threat to us right now, and it's it really February, March, April, it doesn't matter when it's at, what I'm talking about, they really want to pull us down and do whatever they're going to do, cyber threats, EMP attack, you name it. Uh, there are multiple ways. And with all these people now positioned in our country, I'm afraid there may be some bigger plans here afloat that we're not aware of, David, that we just have not caught on to yet because everybody's wondering why all these other things are happening. And But I think the greatest threat is right now, not that there's not one later, but I, I do have a feeling about that this next year is going to be a tough year. And it gives me, it, it really scares the hell out of me, I guess. Is that what you're saying as well? 100%. Yeah. 100%. I think this is a very dangerous period. This is uh, more dangerous than uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, potentially. Wow. Uh, Kyle Bass gave a great addressed to the Hudson Institute, uh, you know, about four or five months ago that your listeners can uh, listen on YouTube. Uh, Kyle is a great luminary that understands the risk of China incredibly well. And he laid out why, you know, there is a huge risk of China going after Taiwan in the, I think it was the April to July uh, time zone. Uh, we know China's economy is in a terrible state. We, we know that typically uh, leaders of totalitarian states will sometimes uh, enter war as a mechanism to take the eye of their people off the ball in terms of economic problems and therefore uniting against a common enemy. And therefore, I think there's a huge risk of that. Uh, I think that if you are Chi and, and you know you plan on going after uh, Taiwan sometimes in the next four years, do you, do you want to do it now with, you know, 
the country waiting for an election uh, where you have Biden, who's obviously a very weak leader, or do you want to wait for 2025 when you're going to have Trump for four years, potentially at least? Mm-hmm. So I'd say those uh, that logic weighs towards something happening sooner rather than later. I think a lot of people can understand what you're saying there. Uh, now, let me let me now do this here with this uh, this uh, uh, I guess a program, uh, Jim. They call it Vault Vault Typhoon. You're familiar with Vault Typhoon, Jim? This uh, cyber. Yes, I'm this... familiar with Vault Typhoon. Yep. Okay. Yep. So what I what I want to the attacks that are okay. So here's what I want. Let me pose a question to you. Then I want to I want to play a little piece from Christopher Ray, and I want you to talk about this technically from your background. But here's the thing. If I mean, right now, I look at this, Jim, uh, David, as a multifaceted, uh, uh, it's a it's a um, it's a multifaceted cascading effect of things that are happening in our country. Back to the point, David, you're just talking about where everything seems to be wrong and anything else could go wrong at the worst possible time. And our enemies and adversaries know all of this. They know that's when you hit the enemy, when they're weak and they're down, which seems to be right now in our nation. And I don't know that fully a lot of all of Americans fully uh, grasp what I'm talking about. And surely they let their political ideology take hold of them, which I think is nonsense than to really understand the gravity of what we're dealing with. Is We're dealing with life on earth here. We're dealing with life and death. We're talking good and evil here at the highest order here. That's what we're talking. We're talking about life changing like we've never changed since the existence of our nation. 247 now, almost 48 years ago. Now, we are now approaching 250-year marker. Semi-quincentennial is right around the corner. What is America going to look like? What what is the United States of America going to look like at that point? I ask that question all the time. So if the Chinese are doing this to all our routers right now, Jim, if the FBI director is up there pouring his soul out, I don't think he wanted to have that conversation is my sense. I, I didn't get the feeling he was uh, illuminated to have this. I think if you listen to his warning and you listen into the words, it should strike fear into every American who is hearing those words, no matter what their political ideology, it's irrelevant because you don't have water, you don't have food, you don't have electric, you don't have life as you know it. It doesn't matter what your political background is, you're screwed. So if they're doing this to this level and we see all the group of the thing, the Chinese nationals that are the record historical numbers I exposed up front here that are now in our country here, what does all that really mean from your perspective? And with the cyber sense, how do we push them back? I mean, I even heard that there he believes Ray says they're 50 to one experts in this field are 50 to one. And that's if he put every person of, of, of possibility on the case, if the FBI did that, it would still be 50 to one. They are outnumbered here. Listen to Christopher Ray right now on this vault typhoon, and then we'll get Jim to opine here. Just this morning, we announced an operation where we and our partners identified hundreds of routers that had been taken over by the PRC state-sponsored hacking group known as Volt Typhoon. The Volt Typhoon malware enabled China to hide, among other things, pre-operational reconnaissance and network exploitation against critical infrastructure like our communications, energy, transportation, 
and water sectors, steps China was taking, in other words, to find and prepare to destroy or degrade the civilian critical infrastructure that keeps us safe and prosperous. I mean, how do you say there, Jim, OMG, but listen to the words that the FBI, FBI director puts out there uh, and how shocking it is that he's exposing this. And here's the thing, too, Jim. The Chinese, the government, Xi Jinping, they're hearing all this. They know we're talking about it now. They just heard the FBI director out there. This all exposed. They monitor everything we do. How does that play into this equation in your estimation as well, politically? Is that a smart move that he does that? Or give us a sense what you think. No, I think it's a, it's a smart move that he, that he identifies that we're aware of some of the things that they're doing. And, and, and you have to kind of realize that these are probing activities by our adversaries. And you know, at, at the end of the day, when you start talking about cybersecurity for big networks in the traditional way they've, they've been doing it, it really counts on uh, computing power uh, to be able to identify, monitor, detect, or mediate threats. The scariest thing that he's talking about in critical infrastructure was what was unsaid, which are the SCADA systems. These are systems that control uh, wastewater, control transformers and our power grids. When those systems were, were designed and built, they were not designed and built with uh, cybersecurity as a concern. They have minimal computing capabilities. So a lot of our cybersecurity protection is conditioned upon big networks with computing capability. The problem we have is we have a large installed base of components that don't have the, the, the capability of hosting traditional cybersecurity methods. And that's why the Chinese have gone after those areas. There are technologies that are available, but they haven't been tested and deployed to protect these, these SCADA systems. And, and, and that's really, the, the I would say, the weak underbelly and so when you hear that the Iranians did a probing exercise in wastewater treatment on the SCADA systems there on a component that they embedded, traditional cybersecurity methods would not have detected it, would not have detected or remediated or fixed their protected. It requires a new way of thinking, really of, of, of cloaking and protecting those devices because we simply do not have the time or the money, many of these entities don't have the money, to replace all of these systems to provide an ability to protect with traditional cybersecurity methods. Okay, Jim, let me jump and in that, here now. That, they, hold on. The private entities you're talking about right now, Jim, these, these, let's remind people, please, these various infrastructure pieces you're talking about, a lot of these are private companies. Is that correct? Right? Correct. Right. Correct. And so yeah. when you talk about money, well, let me just explain this to folks so they grasp what we're talking about here. So these are all private entities that don't have the money or the infrastructure to keep up to level to what you're saying. I mean, I just want people to understand that these are not things that are controlled by the government, period, end stop. And so that even exposes us more so. So what is so right now with time being of the essence, Jim? And let me get this last point in before the pause here. And now with time being of the essence, with the, the, da the danger right in front of us here, what should and what could we be doing right now to stop this off? So there are solutions out there that have been developed for other purposes by the government that has now been commercialized. Things like cyber cloaking, where you don't need a lot of computing power at the edge. You simply create a secure 
cloak around the communication so not or the devices from a cybersecurity perspective so nothing can get in to instruct an activation of bad malware or or, or computer code and nothing can get out it's, these are called enclaves that you create that are more protected than traditional cybersecurity methods those have been traditionally used uh, in other uh, uh, venues by uh, our national security community, let's just put it that way. And they're, they're now becoming commercially available. But for the private entities like utility companies that have a trust that it's not going to interfere with their operations, you actually have to test these solutions against those data sets, whether it's wastewater treatment. These solutions, by the way, are already beginning to be deployed in wastewater. Okay. Um, you know, places like Chicago and, and water treatment are currently using it. But the utilities themselves need to be to be confident that the government has tested these solutions and that they work uh, to provide the protection that's needed. And you don't have to protect everything. Remember, when, when, when our adversaries are going to do this, it's going to be a coordinated attack where they're counting on certain things going down. You have to create an uncertainty that if they ever try to instantiate that cyber attack against these systems, they're likely to be unsuccessful. So, you know, instead of trying to boil the ocean immediately, there are things that practically can be done to create uncertainty in our adversaries' minds that they would succeed in those attacks. Okay. All right, Jim. All right, uh, my friends, let me uh, just set the tone here for what we're doing here. That that voice you just heard there is, uh, I mean, both of these guys are incredible here. Um, and... Uh, you, you were just listening to Jim Frelk, who um, has a great cybersecurity uh, technical background, as you were just sensing what he's talking about, and that there are things we can do. You know, as he was talking, I was thinking to myself, we, that's what we need is we need the best minds and the best know-how, uh, the capabilities to be at the forefront of this, uh, which brings me to a point, and David Tice uh, is here uh, as well. And David, of course, he not only does he have a strong economic background, but a, a pure, a uh, just unbelievable patriotic American who um, went out and did this amazing documentary film with uh, actually Dennis Quaid is in there as well, who does a terrific job. He always, uh, Quaid always does good. Uh, Grid Down, Power Up. This documentary film is a must, must uh, watch. Uh, and you ought to watch it a couple of times. And the links for that will be in the post here when this does go to podcast to tell you more about that. But the website is easy. Let me give you the website, griddownpowerup.com, griddownpowerup.com. And you'll as soon as you go there, you'll see, in fact, Dennis Quaid right on the front there with it. Uh, it's a fabulous film. You'll, you, there's all kinds of information in here on that. I want you to check that out, please, and help get that out. Now, interestingly enough, as I'm talking to you right now, both David and Jim have been up in D.C., and they've been talking to Congress. They've been talking to uh, trying to get action. This, this is what I'm talking about right now. These are guys of action, and they're trying to bring awareness to this uh, and trying to bring this to the forefront. So it's not just in the back recesses of our imagination of a far futuristic film of what might happen of our lives, but that this is real life and that we, you know, we cut this off at the passes here and we're able to get proactive. That's what we're talking about here, friends, is how do we get proactive? 
When we come back in moments here, I want to talk, I'm going to get David on the point here to talk, tell us about what's going on in Congress and what, what he's doing. He's always pushing the envelope and trying to get the door open uh, to get these people to listen. These are the people who represent we the people. This is our officials. These are our government leaders. These are people who are supposed to have the best interest of our people, our nation at heart. It is their responsibility uh, and to, to do exactly this. That's why we elect them to high office. So we'll, we'll get into that and more of the action items of what we can be doing and, and also more of the warning signs of what's taking place. The warning is real. What could happen here is very, very real. Uh, so with all that said, we'll put that right there a moment here. Let me also remind you all, we just launched the new site here in January, uh, News. Uh Wow. Uh, we're coming up on our eight-year anniversary in April. Uh, amazing. Uh, and uh, we have just uh, been real busy getting ready for this incredible busy news year in 2024. It's going to be incredible this year. And we re relaunched, revamped the entire site. Our team worked on it endlessly for months and launched it January 1. Uh, check that out. It is getting a lot of attention. And a lot of people are looking to see what we're doing there. And as you know, we've got the best in class uh, uh, programming. Uh, on America Out Loud Talk Radio, and of course, our podcast network as well. Uh, now, the show right now, we're talking to you on The Voice of a Nation, uh, now is at a new time and place, friends. And I'm sure you figured that out if you looked at the talk radio schedule. A lot of you have been asking what's going on. It's now you see it on Saturday at 10 and 6, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on iHeartRadio in the morning. And the encore is at 6 p.m. later that day. The show will go to podcast on Sunday morning. So when you hear me doing Viewpoint this Sunday, this weekend, we'll be telling you about this show and be telling you to come listen to this because it will be available on podcast and to, to write notes and get into action here. Listen to Jim and David as to what's happening. Uh, so that's what's happening there. A lot of new shows on the platform. Please check them out. Look at the radio schedule. Real excited. Some great new political power on the broadcast. And we look forward to your participation and join us on the mission and to put liberty and justice for all. Uh, that's our mission here, friends. And that's that's what we, uh, we we deem to do here. So we'll take a pause. See you just on the other side here. You're listening to The Voice of a Nation. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. Cardiovascular disease is the leading cause of death and disability. Lifestyle changes are critical, but you can also support your heart with concentrated nutrients. Healthy Cell created heart and vascular health to support cholesterol and blood pressure with CoQ10, vitamin K2, resveratrol, and soluble fiber. And Healthy Cell's not a pill. It's a patent-pending gel you swallow. Get heart healthy. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD for 25% off. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop, that's americaoutloud.shop, and use coupon code 
out loud. Use CofixRx because it works. Join you back here on The Voice of a Nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here and privileged to be with you always, my fellow Americans and all of our friends around the world. Uh, thank you for joining us in here on the broadcast. Uh, we're talking to here today here with David Tice, uh, Jim uh, Frelk. Let me just give you just a quick background. David, uh, great uh, economic guy, numbers, all of that's been his backdrop. He's got a great history in that career, but also now a lot of passion. He's in there for the fight for our infrastructure, our grid, things of this nature. And I, I partner with David anytime, any chance I can, anytime I can, any opportunity I get, I absolutely partner with him to get the word out there and do anything I can to help. His documentary film, Grid Down, Power Up, is 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 a must. Uh, it's 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 well done. Put a lot into it. Uh, joining me today also, Jim Frelk is here, a 30 years experience cybersecurity expert. Uh, has worked as security affairs analyst in the U.S. House of Representatives. He's got a great, great background uh, and uh, looking at all the nuances here as well. Okay, gentlemen, let's get rolling here now. Take advantage of the time. David, I want to get right to you next here. And I just want you to give people a sense of what's going on in D.C. You've been out there now. You've had a very uh, impactful trip. Uh, as folks will listen to this on the weekend here, give us a sense of uh, what progress is being made and what you were trying to accomplish there on this recent trip, please. Well, we ended up uh, having a panel and we showed our 14 minute documentary highlights uh, to about 180 people that were mostly staffers at the Congressional Visitor Center Auditorium. And so a lot of staffers are now aware of this. We had uh, Congressman Pete Sessions as well as Dan Bennett introduce this. Uh, we're definitely waking up you know, people uh, we met with a number of Congress people. We have some serious meetings coming up in mid-February. Uh, we are making progress. Congress is aware. Uh, there have actually been a couple bills that have been passed in the, in the past. Uh, one was Critical Infrastructure Protection Act back in 2016 by uh, Trent Franks and uh, Ron Johnson, and then also Donald Trump passed a bill in 2019 relative to EMP. But frankly, there's been lack in follow through, both with the regulators as well as the agencies yeah. in terms of Department of Energy and uh, Department of Homeland Security. And so we're working on those agencies. There does need to be new legislation, but what we need more than anything right now from you listeners is to let's turn this movie into a movement. And we're so blessed to have people like Malcolm, who uh, Malcolm has fire in his belly about this, and we need to create statesmen. And Malcolm truly is a uh, statesman with his program. You know, because he's got energy and passion and he's a parade leader rather than a parade follower. Mm -hmm. And we have too many parade followers out there. And I was trying to wake up with my comments to these staffers and saying that you staffers need to get in the faces of your senators and House members and say, this is serious. We, we, we have danger at our door right now. 
And we need to, frankly, have National Guard installed at our critical substations because there's not that many that could essentially, if they're shut down, could shut us down coast to coast. And frankly, we need National Guard members at our municipal water systems and at our wastewater systems. And so we're trying to wake up, you know, Congress. But what I was saying, we need all this Malcolm Out Loud listeners to become grid warriors. I know some of you have already become those, but watch the movie, go to our website, go to the participate tab where you can write for a petition, emails, make phone calls to your legislators, regulators, members of board of directors, and then tell 50 of your friends about it. That's what we need because we need our legislators listen to the masses. Yeah. Please do this while we can. That, uh, David, that's that's the point, isn't it, buddy? It's, that's the point, right? Do do it while we can. In other words, while we still have a connection, right? Huh. Uh, because right. at s- some point, we are not. We may not have that connection, and then we're going to say, what happened? You know, David, I just, uh, I, so much respect for you, and um, I, I, I just can't tell you, the love the work you do and your passion behind all this. I, I uh, it's, just, it's hard to even put into words, frankly, but your commitment to the truth and commitment to our country is uh, just a great patriot, uh, for sure. Um, and people can sense that. I know they can. I love what you just put out there and the way you put it out there. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. You just talk about something as simple. Think about this, friends. Think about this, please. Something as simple as National Guard putting them at our water infrastructure plants, putting them at our electrical sites, our substations, putting them at critical infrastructure junctures, put them in the places where they must be. Okay, now the question I have, why isn't that done already and how do we get that done? When you think about the money we waste around the world and the money they just blow up there in D.C., I mean, your hard-earned money, friends, they don't spend it on things that matter and things that count. We waste more money on garbage and we give more money to enemies and to people who do us harm, who come around and do us harm with the money we gave them. And I could get into a whole lot of litany there about the United Nations, the UNRWA, what's going on in Gaza, all of these infrastructure terrorist groups, but we don't have time. But you get my point. All of that is funded by the United States government. Further than that, all of that is funded by you people out there, us we paid the bill for that because the government doesn't have any money without our without our tax dollars. They're they're bankrupt. They got nothing. They don't exist. So that, remember that as well. And yet here, David brings up a good point. Why isn't that being done? And you know that should be done at the very least, at a minimum. Now that doesn't get in. That doesn't secure us on the cyber sense, but it does secure us. There have been reports of of harm with people that are surveying surveying these places and seek to do harm to us. Let's bring Jim in uh, to the call here, Jim. On the cyber part of this, the the thing about the cyber part, Jim, and the fact that we're in a cyber world now, I mean, let's call it what it is, and Dave knows this because he's been all over this film and studying the electrical grid and the cyber aspect of it is, we're now at the mercy of just a very few people can do harm to, I mean, tens of millions and hundreds of millions of people in an instant. And there are so many ways to do that. And it worries me deeply that if they want to take us down, it's not going to be some kinetic force. See, a lot of people think war, they're going to send a couple of tanks or a couple of missiles over. It's not, that's not what's going to happen. I don't sense that at all. 
A kinetic force is not what's going to do this, but it's going to be all these other means, Jim. So back to what you've been seeing now with your meetings in D.C. with David. And I know you've been there. You've been working on a lot of this stuff, Jim. What's your feelings? Are people coming to their senses? Are our officials getting the vibe on this? Are we making enough ground? Is it happening quick enough? What can we do better? How do we make this happen so we're not having... You know, well, I, I was going to say, so we're not having a conversation six months from now, but we may not be having a conversation six months from now is the bigger point, Jim. Go ahead. I, I agree with you completely. And I think that, uh, you know, uh, David and, and and the entire team yesterday, uh, Dennis, uh, are, are really, and Malcolm, you're doing a great job in highlighting the risks, kind of like Paul Revere would, would do early on in our country and, and alerting to the enemy coming. The, the I think that that there, there are things we can practically do. And so it's not a hopeless case. We just need to get on with doing it. It's easy for Chris Ray to say, hey, we got a problem. We're discovering these things. But, but Congress and, and, and the states and, and industries like uh, the utility industry and others have to be very aware that there's a big problem and they have to begin working together to address it. And the only reason that they're going to do that, I think at the end of the day, is because the either patriots or the listening to the American people going, we are not going to live in a world with this Damocles sword over our neck. And you're right. A cyber attack, people could say, well, that wasn't really, wasn't really us. It was just this group over here of hackers. Well, they're operating through those hackers, right? And, and uh, so, so at the end of the day, we have the ability to address the cybersecurity concerns. We have the ability. The question is, do we have the will and the means? And it's really going to require a combination of federal, state, local, and industry coming together with the American people to do that. Yeah. Uh, Jim, you give me a little bit of hope when you say it the way you just say it. And I, I'm, I'm, de I'm, I'm detecting your sincerity with what you just said. I don't think you'd put it out that way if it wasn't factual. And that gives me at least a little jump in my thoughts here, my step. I'm being straight with you here now because I'm, I'm you know, I'm ready to hit the panic button and start, uh, you know, screaming on the top of the mountains to get these people to pay attention. I'm just worried that uh, uh, that scenario I drew out up front that it's coming to a city near all of us very soon. Uh, Jim, do you in your in the deep recesses of your thoughts right now, and the dire moment that I just feel like is here, and I know David feels like it is. Do you? I mean, I, I just met you today, as long with all it. But do you do you deeply feel that that sense of that 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 we're in the process? I mean, the the violation to our our beings and our nation that something's at the doorstep here. Are we overstating this, or or do we feel that sense? Uh, no. Of yeah, no, you're you're not overstating it. But but I'm old enough, Malcolm, to have felt these same feelings with the Soviet Union and certain things that they were doing. There have been so many times we've been so close um, to not uh, surviving as a nation or a civilization. And it's usually those small things that are done in anticipation of problems that determines the ultimate outcome. You know, the old expression for the, for the want of a nail, right? <laughs> the horse was lost and the war was lost. We need to get moving where we can move. You know, on the cyber side, randomizing their calculus on what they can do to instantiate a coordinated cyber attack is critically important. And that doesn't require solving the entire world on cybersecurity, but in specific areas, making it much more difficult for them to plan on success or to count on success. And oftentimes, to execute these things, they have to have some confidence that they're going to be successful right right, right now 
it's, it's a big problem. We need to act and we can act quickly to begin deploying things that are rapidly deployable, that are available today with the will to do so and the means to do so. And it's, yeah. and frankly, it's not that much money wow. compared to all the money you write is being wasted. When you start talking about, you know, yeah. Yeah. enormous sums being spent on infrastructure, yeah. can't we take a small portion of that and, and focus on these critical problems uh, that are facing us now? Do, do, the, the question is, again, like you say, Jim, do they see the severity of the moment? And that's kind of what you and David are doing right now is ringing the warning and others are ringing the warning bells on this thing pretty loud uh, to get people to pay attention, which is what I'm trying to do here. It's ironic that we just connected in this way. And David, it's ironic. I didn't know you were in D.C. when I reached to you the last couple of days and I had a passion on this thing. And I just feel I, I, you know, David, it's it's hard to express, but I have I, I get a lot of gut feelings and really the feelings I get, David, let me confess with you now and to all my listeners, they're actually God feelings. And I get these sense in my gut and it's actually a sense. It's a message, I believe, from God Almighty. It's why I do this network. It's what I do, what I do. And I've had this feeling for some days now. And then when it all got to more turmoil, and I've been restless, I hadn't slept well, I just feel something is gnawing at me. And then I hear the FBI director up there and I think, wow, now we see what he's doing. And then I, I reach to you and I meet Jim and we're talking here, but I see the gravity of the moment, David. And um, it just scares me to say that we have a lot to lose and our nation is at great risk. We have just a few minutes left, but we are at great, great risk I like what Jim just said, like we've, we've had other risks before, but how many times do we play the game to, to throw it all out there at the chance that we're risking future generations of our great nation? And I have to tell you, David, Jim, it is a magic moment of our nation. 250 years, the semi-quincentennial, the new president takes office in 2025, God willing, and 2026, we hopefully can all celebrate on the side of Main Street, USA, and celebrate this great nation. Exactly. So I, I too, am concerned about the eminence of this. And to throw out one more data point is this recent movie on Netflix, Leave the World Behind, that was executive produced by Barack and Michelle Obama. And they point out, you know, in that film, and they paid Julia Roberts $25 million to get that word out. And, and there's that line in the movie that uh, there's too much conspiracy theory to think that there, there are people pulling the strings. But sometimes the people, you know, that, that are in the know, know what's going to happen. And therefore, potentially, that's why they alerted to us in that film. And they specifically pointed out that we created a number of enemies and they mentioned uh Korea, China, and Iran. So that's pretty disturbing. Uh, the other thing that I wanted to point out is a lot of why we don't get things done is because of disorganization and bureaucracy. But the thing is, we the people, if we unite and we're strong enough, and we, we have 50 million of us or 75 million of us, and we have this facility by which we can make these phone calls. We can uh, sign petitions and write these emails. So we can, you have the facility right now, grid down, power up for uh, 
the what's what's the forward slash here I'm forgetting participate and you can add to the letters to the governor and you can say I listened to Malcolm out loud and Mr. Governor you need to get the National Guard guarding our substations you need to have the National Guard guarding our municipal water systems so you can make that happen then tell 100 of your friends and then tell them to tell 50 of your friends so let's make this happen Amen. Yeah, the power is in the numbers. You're exactly right, David. Uh, Tremendous, tremendous thank you to both of you here. Uh, Jim Frelt, David Tice, uh, both of you. um, This was an extraordinary broadcast and uh, extraordinary message. I appreciate both of you uh, at the highest order. Uh, And look forward to working with you on every level to do everything we can at this network, this platform, this show, my voice, to change minds and... uh, and, and move people to action. Hmm. Wow. Uh, my fellow Americans, it is, uh, we have one shot to do this right. One shot. And it's here in front of us. And we need to restore the greatest generation. We need to restore liberty and justice for all. We need to restore our Christian Judeo nation in the, in the highest order that we can and repair the damage that's been done that is so, has been so severe to our nation. And uh, we need to come together as people and it's a message that, you know, if that, God forbid, that day ever happens, you won't be asking people if they're a Democrat or a Republican or an independent. You'll just be happy to have a fellow man that is willing to work with you in a survival mechanism uh, at, uh, at that moment of crisis. And so put the ideology aside and, the, and, and all the nonsense. And let's pull together to that the point David was just saying, 50, 75, 100 million of us get together and make the ultimate difference. Thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.